Welcome to episode 8 of Holy Cow, a Cubs podcast. I'm your host, Sean Holland, and our guest today is Dan Travis, Riley Daddy on Twitter, and um, Northside Irish on Cubs Den. He writes a lot of the rumor sections and whatnot, and um, we talked about a lot of things today, most all things Cubs, and a little bit about the August 31st non- or the August 31st waiver trade deadline, and um, a lot about Javi Baez, and a little about Jake Arrieta's hamstring, and a lot of other fun stuff. So here is Dan Travis. The Cubs just finished a very successful homestand before they lost to the Braves on Sunday. And uh, how do you feel about the Cubs right now? I mean, it's hard not to be, you know, optimistic. Their offense is finally rolling. They're starting to get healthy. I mean, obviously, Addy having the setback was not ideal. But, you know, I think Contreras is going to be back here next week. And, you know, they got some reinforcements for the bullpen because that was looking a little sketchy there for uh, part of August. But, you know, I mean, relievers are a volatile thing to begin with, you know. And they're going to have good and you're going to have bad. And people just remember the bad. So, um, you know. I'm excited. I was excited to see Dylan Maples finally. Uh, you know, I mean, Carl Edwards Jr. showing some signs of you know being the old, being the old version. And you know, I still don't trust Uihara, but you know, I mean, these things are going to happen. It's all up and down. Um, getting Lester back, you know, that's a confidence boost. Arietta was pitcher of the month for August. You know, he's peaking at the right time. And you know, Lackey's actually showing some signs. You know, just something i didn't think i'd be saying six weeks ago so you know the offense offense is going to keep hitting um it's just a matter of uh you know we can't keep giving up 12 runs to the braves or whatever that was i mean that was that was terrible on saturday but yeah you know there's a lot to like right now yeah and the other the funny thing is they've been playing so well but the brewers have actually been very pesky and they just keep winning and it's kind of like it's almost frustrating it's like come on brewers what are you doing just Fall away already, but they're not doing it. I know they're not cooperating, and they, you know, what they they took two out of three from the Dodgers, and you know, beat up on the Nationals. You know, it's Cubs had a really great week, and I think the only I don't I think we're back where we were a week ago, but you know, at the same time, Brewers got to catch them. So it's fewer games left. The magic number keeps getting smaller, but uh, they don't appear to be going away. So that'll be interesting when they're here next week. Yeah, it will be, and also. An interesting side note is the Rockies have kind of collapsed. So the Cubs are actually would be in the wild card right now if things fell apart in the division. So I feel like people that's are a good about thing. That. Yeah, um, you know, everyone, the Nationals and or the the Rockies and the Diamondbacks, you know, everyone had figured that was kind of sewn up months ago. But, yeah, they've, they've definitely come back to earth. And, you know, the Brewers got a shot to catch them too. So it's not just about the division. So, um, you know. Cubs had two chances to get in, but I, I, I think I'd feel better being the division winner. Yeah, I think everyone would be. So, of course, now, some of the people don't know that you really, really like Javi Baez. I mean, you were on the Javi train from the very beginning. And uh, he's been, yeah, he's been playing very well of late. And, of course, he had this injury scare yesterday, but I just went you the chance to brag on your friend Javi. Well, you know, I 
I actually saw him play in the minors and, you know, he just looked like he was having so much fun and he was just fun to watch even back then. And, you know, I just kind of staked my claim on claim on him early on in the prospect love. And fortunately I, I called it out in one of my season previews for, for Cubs den. And, you know, so I can always go back to that and say I was first because a whole lot of new Javi Baez jerseys last October all of a sudden. So, um, yeah, you know, you always see the flashes. You always saw, you know, I mean, obviously the raw power and defense is, you know, unlike almost anybody else. And the fact that he can do it all over is, you know, is what makes him so unique. But now he's, I mean, the base running and just the plays that he's making that no one else even, you know, you don't see that in the highlights anymore. He's uh, he's a little scary to watch, but it's, you know, it's, it's thrilling. And at the same time, you know, he's finally I, – I, I, thinking he's figuring things out to play you know he's I think he's always going to have some of those where he's you know corkscrewing himself into the ground and you know trying to hit 500 foot homers but he's really starting to use you know you look into the stats and he's starting to you know his pull percentage is down in the second half and um, you know he's really starting to use the center and right more often which is huge for him and um, you know he's just such a unique player that he's there's literally nothing he can't do on the field except lay off low slider i feel like but um you know it's really uh you know some of it's going to be he's gotten some extended run with with russell out and so there's this big controversy that developed yesterday with um with chris bazio and the former cub uh brett anderson on twitter where brett anderson made this kind of cryptic tweet about how he liked finally getting some good coaching, let him do what he wants to do on the mound, and everyone interpreted it interpreted it as a shot at Chris Bosio. So I wanted to know what you thought of that. Yeah, I saw that. You know, it's hard not to take it as a as a direct shot at Boz because we said basically says the most nice able to go out and pitch without someone tinkering with them and you know, I don't know. That's a guy who got a lot of money for not a lot of production. So I'm not sure what exactly he has to be unhappy about. Um, you know, he's had a history of being up and down, and typically he's been successful when he's healthy. He's just never healthy. And this year was not really an exception. He looked good on occasion, but, you know, had a whole bunch of five inning outings for the Cubs. And, um, you know, he's lucky somebody else has given him a chance. So, you know, instead of burning bridges behind him, he should just be grateful to still be in the league and i don't know how much tinkering basio did with him i saw someone reposted a quote from anderson in spring training about basio's not trying to reinvent the wheel and he just was working on his um, his landing points to kind of relieve some of the stress that was coming up through his back to hopefully keep him healthy so i mean anderson even admitted basio wasn't really changing much with his mechanics um so this really just comes off as you know sour grapes from somebody who you know, things didn't go his way. Yeah, that's the kind of feeling I have too. It's kind of, kind of a weird shot. I mean, maybe it's one of those things where you're in a new spot and you've got a new coach and you like the new coach or whatever, and you're thinking like, well, I had bad luck where you know Chicago or whatever, but there, that wasn't my fault. Maybe I just didn't have the right coach or whatever. And but I, I didn't get to going on Twitter, but I guess he is a. Twitter heavy Twitter user, so so I guess we'll move on now to um, our good friend Gordon Whitmire from the Chicago Sun Times, who we both made a lot of fun of over the years, and 
Yes. Uh, well, he's got. He had this little spat with Jesse Rogers from ESPN Chicago that I I brought to your attention that you didn't even hadn't even heard about. But it was like because of course for those who don't know Jesse Rogers very much loves uh, Tommy Lastella almost an unhealthy amount and he's doing his usual 3 a.m. Twitter cheers and Gordon kind of chastised him for not really being professional. It was just a minor little thing, but it was kind of interesting. Well, you know, criticizing another uh, fellow reporter isn't exactly professional either, but, you know, Gordo's just, you know, he's uh, he's got a different take on most things than a lot of people. So anyone who doesn't disagree, anyone who doesn't agree with him, uh, you know, finds their he finds something to say about it. And Jesse's, you know, Jesse's fine. He's, you know, he's not the most, uh, you know, esteemed of baseball writers either, but you know, he, he does his job. He does it well. Gordo has some interesting takes. Um, so, you know, obviously, yeah. uh, uh, you know, you, you can probably guess where I land on this one. Yeah. So well, that's, I was going to move on to more in general about Gordon. We, uh, some, me and you sometimes kind of take some shots at him. He was, let's say, we hard on some fun, John Lester. Yeah, some fun fake yeah. story headlines and things that, you know, we think he's probably working on. Yeah, it's like, uh, yeah, he's he was a, not he's of, not a fan of the, yeah, as you say, he's not a fan of the John Lester move. He was not at the time, for sure. Uh, you, I'm not sure if I've ever talked about John Lester. Is he the $151 million pitcher? Yeah, that's right. I believe $155 million pitcher. Yeah, that's how I usually uh, have heard him referred to by Gordo. So, yeah, you know, he's, uh, you know, he's just, I don't know. I I don't know if it's just he feels a need to find, you know, maybe the negativity gets him clicks. I don't know. But, you know, he just, uh, you know, he's the guy who's never happy no matter what happens. Yes, and and actually, in the same John Lester vein, he had – an article that put out now I don't know if he titled the article this way or the tweet or whatever or the Sun Times did it like whoever the editor was it ran the Twitter account but um, he put out a thing that breaking news was the headline Lester out for season which of course turned out not to be true <laughs> yeah I think he was just uh, you know almost hopeful that he was going to be proven right there you know he thought it was too much money for a guy like Lester his age and you know he just he really wants to be right about that yeah I also kind of I had this theory that I pitched around over the years that sometimes I I don't think the Cubs front office particularly cares for um, Gordo so they sometimes would feed him I don't want to say misleading but not false but misleading rumors maybe because his, his, a lot of his inside sources tended to be wrong. But it also could be that the Cubs front office just wouldn't talk to him, so he was getting from rival executives information. But he doesn't seem to have the best inside information on the Cubs. For sure. I mean, was it two years ago when he reported the Cubs had traded for uh, Jordan Zimmerman? I think so, yes. Yeah. So, fortunately, that turned out to be false. But, uh yeah, I don't think he's. I don't think he's got real sources inside the Cubs anymore, and he may have in the previous regime, which, you know, has led to him being a little extra, a little extra salty since the the new guys came in. But 
it's just, you know, it's it's almost it's he's turned into a parody of himself almost at this point. Yes. It seems like it anyway. Um, I guess we'll move on now. You do a lot of the rumor stuff on Cubs Den. And usually the peak of rumors is, you know, July 31st, the non-waiver trade, trade deadline. But this year, the waiver trade, trade deadline on August 31st was insane. There were three major trades. And I don't know if I ever remember that many big trades on the waiver deadline. No. Um, I mean, you, typically there'd be a few August trades you know, thrown in here and there, typically, you know, relievers and backup catchers and, you know, fringe of the roster kind of guys. But yeah, the types of names that got moved this year and at the deadline made it, you know, every, you know, every bit as exciting as the July 31st. So I, yeah, I don't remember ever seeing anything like this. Uh, and part of that, of course, was there were just rumors thick about Justin Verlander to the Cubs, which, you know, especially after the Quintana trade, didn't make a lot of sense, but they were so thick at the end of the thing that you almost started thinking maybe they would do it. Yeah, you know, I mean, it really went right up to that where in there, you know, it was kind of went back and forth and varying stories on what happened. But, um, you know, from, from what I've heard, the Cubs were never close to anything. Yeah, the, the last reporting I heard was that um, Verlander wanted to go to the Cubs, but the Cubs had no interest in acquiring him. Which makes sense, especially after they had already bolstered their rotation before. So, while we were recording this podcast, the Cubs played the Pirates in Pittsburgh and got blown out, basically. And um, But the big story was Jake Arrieta had to leave the game in the third inning. And it looked like something with his leg, hamstring, was what pretty much everyone thought, but after the game, Arietta said it was a cramp, and he thought he'd be fine, but I guess we'll find out if the extent of the injury, but it certainly was scary to see. Yeah, that's the last thing they can afford right now. They just got Lester back, and obviously he was a little rusty in his last start. You know, Arietta was pitcher of the month in August. You know, he's been carrying the team, and they can't really uh, – can't really afford to uh, go into the playoffs without him right now. So hopefully it is just a cramp. Um, I definitely thought it was more serious when I saw it happen live. I mean, he couldn't even throw the practice pitch. So um, cramp is best case scenario. You know, might mean uh, might mean Mike Montgomery gets another start just to give him an extra day of rest. Um, I wouldn't be entirely surprised to see them skip him altogether. But uh, you know, this time of year they got a deep bullpen. If they, you know need to do some bullpen type games and just, you know, the important thing right now is making sure they have Arietta right, uh, you know, a month from now when they really need them. Yeah. That's, I kind of made the same point in my um, recap today that I did that. Yeah. They just need him to be there for the playoffs. They can probably survive a few games, like a missing a start or two in September, but if they don't have them for the playoffs, it's not going to matter. Anyway, I guess I'll move on to my other question. I was going to ask before we get out of here. So we're going into September now, stretch run. How do you think the Cubs are going to fare in the next month? Honestly, I think it's going to be tougher than people think. Um, you know, obviously, Cubs are a little bit beat up right now. Um, you know, they still got seven games against the Brewers. They got seven games against the Cardinals, and you know, a lot can swing on those games. And they have a, I believe it's a ten-game road trip right before the end of the season with both those two teams and uh, Tampa, who's a uh, 
still a pretty solid ball club. So, you know, I think, yeah, obviously I'm rather be in their position than uh, the Brewers trying to make up that lead. But, you know, Brewers don't seem to be going away. And, you know, Cubs got some tough games down the stretch. So I, I don't think it's going to be a situation where they're going to be able to, you know, lock it up early and rest people like they did last year. And I really think it's going to come down to the final week, um, which will be incredibly stressful. Yes. Well, a big, I think, too, a big moment will be this weekend series with the Brewers. If they could do something big in that series, like a sweep or something, it might make the end of the year less stressful. But if the Brewers win two out of three, it's going to be white knuckle time until the end of the year. For sure. And, you know, the four games in Milwaukee, I mean, that's not going to be a lot of fun, you know, in a few weeks. And, you know, the Cardinals would love to be spoilers. And, you know, the, the last three against Cincinnati should be easy, but... You know, I feel like the Cubs have kind of struggled in some of the games that should be easy. You know, um, just Sunday they faced a guy, you know, six something ERA in the minors and he held them down. You know, it's just uh, they seem to struggle sometimes when they shouldn't. I don't know what it, if it's overconfidence or what it is, but uh, you know, Cubs are in the Cubs are in the driver's seat, so we should be happy about that. And uh, you're right, if they can just hold off the Brewers, even if they win two out of three, that's three fewer games that the Brewers have time to make up uh, make up ground. So, um, you know, I, if they're, in good, they're in good shape, and uh, having the reinforcements up from Iowa will help a bit. But uh, they just got to get healthy. They can't afford to lose anybody else. And hopefully, you know, uh, uh, sorry, Wilson comes back soon. And, um, you know, that'll help with the offense even more. And, um, you know, Arietta, if it's really only going to be, you know, a cramp, then all the better. Yeah. And that's the that's the kind of funny thing this time of year. You almost want to be facing teams that have their like the playoff spot wrapped up because they almost they're kind of in like you know coast mode and not trying. And when you get against these teams like the Reds and the Pirates and stuff, they might have more to play for just to mess people up, and they give you a better game at the end of the end of the year than like a Dodgers would. Yeah, for sure. I mean, you get guys who are trying to play for their job next year or just even, you know, to be in the plans for next year. So those guys are out there competing hard, and you might have somebody who's coasting. But uh, I don't don't see a lot of games on the Cubs' schedule that could be coasting. Um, you know, the Mets, the Cubs have struggled against the Mets this year, but, uh, you know, they're more beat up than the Cubs are. So just hopefully, uh, like I said, just if they keep – if they don't lose anybody else to injury, I think they're in good shape to, to eventually lock up the division. and you know, we'll move on, uh, you know, worry about what's next. Yep. That's, you got to focus on, I guess, you know, it's a cliche, but one game at a time, just keep, keep trucking ahead. Yep. And Montgomery has been pretty solid in his, the couple starts he's made here. So I like the idea of, uh, you know, giving him a couple more turns through and, you know, have the, have the other guys be a little more rested down the stretch and, you know, they'll, uh, you know, Cubs have a Cubs have the lead. You know, Brewers yep. got to catch them. Cubs just got to hold them off. So those will be uh, seven, hopefully fun games. But yeah, I guess we'll find out. Yeah. So I haven't uh, haven't started keeping track of the magic number yet, though. I feel like it's in the low twenties, but that might be a I, little early. I believe it's twenty-two. Yeah. Someone on Cubs Den comments. I think it's Cubs fan in Norway. If I'm getting the yeah. name right. He posts a magic number after every game thread, so. Oh, jeez. So. Yeah, I did the thing for a couple of years there where I just used pictures of, you know, old Cubs jersey numbers, but uh, there's a bunch of people doing that now, so 
save me some time. Yeah, if this is track. Oh. Yeah, if this is anyone but Steve Allen, they're stealing your bit, right? Stealing my bit, yeah, that's right. Oh, nice. All right. Well, I'll let you go on that, and thanks for coming on my podcast. All right, Sean. Thanks for having me on. Yep. Thanks for listening. We'll have a new show next week.